Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sports Eaters presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague. Diogo, do you have any suggestions on how we should endure these four months without EuroLeague? Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, we're going to keep recording. We're going to keep dropping some episodes for you guys. So hopefully you guys stay tuned and keep following us because we're not going to stop. Uh, there's no off season ever. So we're going to keep going. <laughs> you bet. We will bring you an episode in the following Wednesday, in the last week of May, before we bring you our 18-team recaps that will start coming out every Monday and Wednesday, starting from the first Monday of June. No break and no off-season for us, as Duke just said. After that, we will be covering the World Cup for you guys, just before we ramp up into the next EuroLeague season. Make sure you subscribe to the, this podcast so you don't miss out on all the action we will be bringing you during the EuroLeague offseason. But let's go back to Kaunas, where in the past weekend, Olympiacos, Barcelona, Real Madrid and Monaco played the EuroLeague Final Four, all with the dream of winning this edition of the competition. In the end, Real Madrid came out victorious, but first things first, and let's break down the semifinals. It all started with the game between Olympiacos and Monaco, where Olympiacos got the win, 76-62. The MVP of the game was Olympiacos team captain Costas Papanicolaou with 15 points, 8 rebounds and 2 steals. Second by the EuroLeague MVP Sasha Vzenkov that had 19 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists and 1 block. For Monaco, Jordan Lloyd was the top performer with 11 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists and 2 steals. We then saw Barcelona and Real Madrid go at each other with Real Madrid winning the game 78-66. The MVP of this game was Walter Tavares that had impressive 20 points, 15 rebounds, 1 assist and 4 block shots, while for Barcelona, Abrines was a top performer with 60 points, 4 rebounds and 2 steals. The weirdest stat of this uh, Friday night for me was that uh, the points scored on the right bucket of our screens, I saw this on Twitter, I don't remember who had it, but Olympiacos scored 29 points, Monaco 21, Real Madrid 36 and Barcelona 24. I'm not sure what was going on there, but that basket seemed to have been cursed for the whole Friday. Nikola Mirotic had the night off with Uh, three points, one rebound, one assist while shooting one of ten from the floor one of two from the line and uh, zero of seven from behind the arc in 28 minutes. Having bad nights obviously happens to everybody but uh, when you are the number one player of your team, the highest paid player of a league, you would expect more than one rebound and you need to find ways to contribute for your team and to, to try to achieve success and Mirotic wasn't able to do it on the, this game. Let's get to that game Barcelona came into this game with some tactical adjustments from when, what they were usually doing during the regular season and what they did in the playoffs against Jalgiris that uh, those, some of those adjustments made some sense but some of them simply didn't work and uh, they showed no ability to react and adjust they did improve their rotations staggering Mirotic and uh, Satoransky they tried starting Chanley at the 5 to try to stretch out Tavares it failed miserably and uh, they were never able able to find solutions. They never try to, for example, play Toby at the five that could also achieve the same of in their attempt to stretch Tavares. They keep uh, trying channeling and it just wasn't working. And while watching their game plan failing, they just weren't
weren't able to snap out of the bad momentum that they were facing and they couldn't find solutions to when Real Madrid took over the game. Barcelona had a six-point lead at halftime and with about 60 minutes left to play in the, the game, they were ahead by eight, but then they allowed a 15-0 run by Real Madrid while being scoreless for almost four minutes, giving away an eight-point lead and turning it into a seven-point deficit. With La Provitola 3, with 8.48 to play, they managed to tie the game at 58, but they weren't ever able to retake the, the lead and Real Madrid was able to, to control the remaining of the game. In the end, Real shown that uh, they had the chops to, to close the game, while Tavares was huge for them in both sides of the court, including a massive block shot in the end that ended any hope that Barcelona might have had at that point of the, the match. This huge Tavares performance on top of a positive contribution that he had on the final that we will get there uh, was worth him the final four MVP. Earlier in the day, we had Monaco coming into the game fearless against Olympiacos, playing a high level of defense in the start of the game, being disruptive and truly giving issues to Olympiaco motion offense. Olympiacos started the game by missing their first five field goals, while Mike James was the offensive dynamo that Monaco needed at this point of the game, ending the first quarter already with eight points and two assists. Despite Olympiacos reacting with an eight to run to start the second quarter. Monaco was able to retake control of the, the first half and behind Mike James and Jordan Lloyd's offense and uh, a great team defensive performance in this first half with John Brown deserving a special mention. They went into halftime with a 29-41 lead. But history was about to be made and we had one of the best quarters ever in the in the history of the EuroLeague Final Four. Olympiacos won the third quarter 27-2 and the turn... Uh, 12-point deficit into a 15-point advantage heading into the fourth quarter. Walkup simply took Mike James away from the game, playing incredible defense on the American guard. This was an incredible comeback that allowed Olympiacos to lock their place in the EuroLeague final after having a very dominant regular season. I will give you the floor, Duke, to give your takes on these two semifinals and what led to these outcomes that I just described. Yeah, I'm going to start off with uh, Olympiacos versus Monaco. Um, first of all, congrats on both teams because uh, making it to the Final Four, as we know, in EuroLeague is so hard and they, they had great seasons and so shout out to them. Um, about this game, Monaco had a, a really good start. Uh, they were consistent defensively and their ability to create offensively with the, the shot creators they have with Mike James, Jordan Lloyd, Elio Cobo coming off the bench. They Olympiacos couldn't stop them. So they got off to a great start. Uh, the bigs were doing their job on the rebounds. They they were very good in the first half. And it helped them that Olympiacos missed uh, a few shots that they usually make. And that's why the, the score was like that at halftime. But then that third quarter, like you said, I mean, 27-2 to two is just insane. Olympiacos came out of the half um, wanting to send a message and wanting to show everybody that uh, the regular season was not a fluke. So the, the job that Thomas Walkup did on Mike James was just incredible. Uh, if anyone had questions about uh, Walkup deserving Defensive Player of the Year or not, and obviously Walter Tavares deserved it as well, but uh, Thomas Walkup showed to everybody uh, what type of work he can do defensively, completely took Mike James out of the game, and 
while taking Mike off the game, they took the whole Monaco team off the game because they couldn't respond, they couldn't come back at all. And and then that, that was the game right there because in the fourth quarter, it was too much of a gap and it had been too much of a comeback for Monaco to, to even be able to respond. So great job by Olympiacos, coach Bartzoukas, obviously. And the Final Four experience that Olympiacos had over Monaco, uh, I think the whole Monaco team combined had one Final Four appearance, and that was Mike James. So Slukas, Vezenkov, all those guys from Olympiacos, they showed that experience matters here, and they've been there before, so... They showed Monaco what it takes to, to win at this level, and they, they won this game. But but it was a very entertaining game from the start. Monaco came out re- really strong, and then Olympiacos responded and, and got the win. And just before you get to the Real Madrid game, you were mentioning about walk-up work on, on Mike James and him being a deserved defensive player of the, of the year. He was clearly the... Him and Tavares were the two only contenders to, to get that award this season. And it's always incredible to see the impact that a player can have on a basketball court and then the outcome of a game. And uh, I think he finished the game scoreless and uh, yeah. he still was able to, to have such a big impact on the, this victory. Yeah, and, and doing that... At, at, Doing that as a guard, it's even more difficult. So it's such an absolutely. incredible job by him, man. Absolutely. Go ahead and take us to the, your takes on the Barcelona-Real Madrid game. Yeah, so in this game, um, obviously, we both picked Barcelona to win it. And the way the game started, it was looking like that because Barcelona shot incredibly... Uh, they shot very, very good from, from the three-point line in the first half. And... Uh, They, then I'm not going to say they went away from it, but they weren't able to, to keep having such good shots in the second half uh, because in the first half with Kyle Courage off the bench, uh, Abrines, they were shooting lights out and that's why they had the lead. But then uh, Real Madrid, even though Barcelona was shooting very well and Real wasn't, uh, they were able to stay within the game and stay close. And then in the second half, the Real Madrid got to the free throw line a lot And then those veterans, man, uh, Sergio Rodriguez, Sergio Lul, even Rudy Fernandez, they, they did such a good job throughout this game and in the playoffs against Partizan as well. But uh, Sergio Rodriguez, I mean, it looks like he, he came alive in this final stage of the season. He had such incredible performances. And but yeah, but that was the key. The, those guys, the, the experience, again, like I said, for Olympiacos, these guys have all been there. Uh, the impact that Walter Tavares has with 20 points and 15 rebounds, we, we know what he does. And then it was about Miritich struggles because Barcelona had the lead and they were playing well. But then you, you in stages like this, you kind of need that guy to, to get you over the top and to, to take you there. And Miritich was supposed to be that. And he, he struggled again on a big stage. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to see what Barcelona does going forward but uh, this was kind of a disappointment because kind of a disappointment because I, I really thought they were the better team but uh, shout out to Real Madrid for the game they had yeah absolutely Real Madrid deserved to win this game but it felt like Barcelona didn't left everything on the floor but on this game and on the game for the third place that we were about to get to I couldn't see and uh, maybe you saw it differently I couldn't see a tactical reason for Mirotic to not succeed on this game 
he even had some matchup advantages size-wise or even with he started being defended by in the end that is an 18 year old that was the youngest player ever starting in a a final four and he just simply couldn't find his rhythm he just couldn't contribute or find ways to contribute even if he's not making his shots he has gravity gravity to himself he attracts players because of the player that he is and uh, in this game he just couldn't find ways to to be a plus for Barcelona and the team really needed him yeah absolutely and especially with Real Madrid not having uh, Gabriel Deck or Yabusele which were supposed to be the guys who would be guarding him uh, I think he could have taken so much advantage of that and uh, it just didn't happen man he, he struggled a lot and they they couldn't win that game and obviously if if he if anybody told me before the game that Miritic was going to struggle like that I mean I probably would pick Real Madrid but uh, I was expecting him to to step up and to have a good game and it didn't happen it happens to the best so he just got to uh, keep his head up and and come back stronger absolutely he's a great player and for sure he have still few good seasons ahead of him but let's keep moving forward and before we get to the final and how Real Madrid became the EuroLeague champions let's look into the game for third place between Monaco and Barcelona where Monaco keep building or keeps building their legitimate claim for a permanent EuroLeague spot by beating Barcelona 78-66 and achieving the third place on this edition of the EuroLeague the MVP of the game was Donta Hall with 9 points 11 rebounds, 1 assist and 1 block but it really was a team performance with all Monaco players scoring in the the game it's showing that only one of the teams really wanted to to be here and had the will to be playing on this game and showing motivation necessary for for them to come out of this game with a a win. Monaco outplayed and overperformed Barcelona that came out of Cagnes without uh, many good things to show from their two games but in the semi-final in this game for third place with the exception being maybe the youngster James Nagy that uh, ended this game with 7 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 blocks in 12 minutes. While on the other end of the court, Matthew Strassel gave very good indications for the future, leading Monaco in scoring and ending the game with 14 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, while shooting 5 or fi- five from 5 from the field and 4 from 5 from the free throw line. To top it up, this was the first time ever that Monaco was able to beat Barcelona. Historic and well-deserved third place for Monaco, wasn't it, Diogo? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, after the season they had, uh, they never beaten Barcelona before and getting to this third place, fourth place game, I mean, even though some people calling it meaningless, I mean, obviously, every team wants to win every game, regardless of what place it is. So, with Monaco getting the chance to win this game here, I mean, Mike James played, what, three, four minutes. Coach Obradovich did a a good job. He gave everybody a shot uh, in a game like this, and and it worked for them. Because, like you said, Strezel had a a very good game as a young kid. And Monaco got to the free throw line early in the game to to help them get some scoring up there. And then they dominated the boards because you had Mirotic with 15 points, but he wasn't dominant like he usually is. He, he wasn't very active on the board. And then Barcelona struggled shooting the ball from three in, in this game. I think they shot 29%. So this is a, a great job by Monaco winning this game, even though it, it doesn't matter much. But uh, 
obviously for the confidence of them going into next season and to feel even better about the season that they had, having the third place in EuroLeague and, like you said, to cement their place in in EuroLeague as a, a, con, a consistent team. So it, it's a very good job by Monaco. Great season for them. Uh, Coach Obradovic, I think he did a, a very good job throughout the year and now in the Final Four as well. So uh, shout out to, to Monaco, absolutely. And then Barcelona, it's the same as, we, as we've been talking about. Uh, we got to see what they're going to do going forward, with if uh, Sarunic stays there or not. Uh, how is it going to work with Miritic? I mean, obviously, they're not going to get rid of him, but uh, it, it hasn't been working. This was probably their best roster <clears throat> in the past, what, four or five years, and they finished fourth place. I mean, it, it's really a disappointment for this group, but uh, we'll see what happens going forward, man. Yeah, even Satoransky wasn't able to control and dominate games at the level we, I personally expected him to and uh, to be able to be more impactful. And for me, and see if you agree with me, I think there is a certain lack of character from uh, Barcelona that shows in the lack of ability for them to, to react when they are having a bad momentum in, in the game. And I cannot pinpoint why is that. If it's a lack of leadership, if it's a lack of, uh, it's related with coach, it's related with the players, but they do lack that character that is needed to become champions. And that really show up in this final four. And for me, that was the reason why it was so disappointing Barcelona performance on this final four. Yeah, Because I mean, a team losing, a player having a bad day, it happens. You losing without uh, showing the character and the fight and leaving everything on the, on the court. That's yeah, what cannot exactly. happen. Looking at it from the outside, I mean, it it just looked like they're a regular season team because it, it has happened for the past few years. They they just, I'm not going to say dominate, but they're always at the top in the regular season, always top three seeds, something like that. And then when it comes to these moments, whether it's in the first round of the playoffs or in the Final Four, they, they seem to always struggle. So clearly something has to change there. Uh, I don't know what it is yet, but uh, clearly something has to change because they can't keep having these types of rosters and, and just not win. It's not acceptable. And uh, I would expect some changes in there for sure. And the thing that really caught my eye was a Vasily halftime interview. And um, he basically said that uh, first he answered, we need to shoot more trees just randomly and then he he showed a lot of frustration and uh, showed a team that doesn't have a very healthy lock, locker room I would assume when he says that uh, we need to play as a team we need to play team basketball we need to to play as a team like something clearly was wrong something is not right there and something needs to change because Barcelona is one of the the big clubs in Europe is one of the most expensive teams in Europe and those teams need to perform and when they don't something really needs to change and I don't know if it's a coaching problem I don't know what will change but something has to but let's hit the final and let's uh, hit what we all have been waiting for we couldn't have asked for a more competitive game than uh, a one point win decided with a basket in the final seconds of the game in the end Real Madrid became the EuroLeague champions beating Olympiacos 79-78 it was a highly competitive final 
that started at a high pace in a high scoring first half with the teams going to halftime tied at 45. The combined 90 points was a new record for a EuroLeague final. Sergio Rodriguez was brilliant and a deserving MVP of the, this finals game. He ended the game with 15 points, 4 rebounds, 9 assists and 1 steal. His ability to dictate the, the pace of the game was key for Real Madrid to be able to overcome Olympiacos. Alongside, he had the MVP of this final four, Walter Tavares, with 13 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists and 1 steal. Talking about MVPs, the MVP of this edition of the EuroLeague, Sasha Zenkov, showed up big time with 29 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists and 1 block. Those 29 points matched the record for points scored in the EuroLeague final. The game started with the Bur- the boy Isaiah, Isaiah Cannon on fire from deep and with Olympiacos being ahead 24-17 by the end of the first quarter Ezonia off the bench was one of the key pieces for Real Madrid to go into halftime with the game tied. His aggressiveness in the first half kept Real Madrid going and uh, in the game. In the second half he we continue to see highly competitive basketball with players like Casor and Sergio Rodriguez giving the needed boost to Real Madrid to in the end a basket from Lul is only basket on the whole game to set the final score and gave the championship for Real Madrid. I believe that um, there is something to, to be said about this championship having a, a weird feeling to it. Real Madrid was an absolute deserving champions. They were the best team in this final four. They deserve to be EuroLeague champions. But the way that uh, their playoff series was turned around, the way that the penalties were giving and end up ending up to wait more on partisan side, the way that Yabusele comes out of that whole situation after committing an act of violence that uh, we don't want to ever see on a basketball court the way that we saw him on the floor celebrating after the game five the way that we saw Azonia telling him after they become EuroLeague champions that he Yabusele was the one turning their season around isn't what we idealize of champions but um, they are fair winners to this edition of the EuroLeague what they did on the court was great the way that their veterans stepped up and performed was enticing Walter Tavares shown that he can be the most dominant player in the EuroLeague they did deserve congratulations for this well-deserved title. Despite some of the behavior being, at the very least, unfortunate, Real is one of the greatest teams of European sports and the institution deserves better and I am certainly that they don't pride themselves on violence. The club is way too big and their history is way too rich for them to stand by any of this. Unfortunately we saw actions of no shame about what happened and even gloating about it. It's sad. The lack of class that some of the champions shown it's sad but they are well-deserved champions in basketball-wise but let's praise the champions and mostly let's focus on this great show of basketball that the final was Diogo, take the floor and what kept you on the edge of your share during this final game yeah so first of all i just want to say that i 100 agree with you on what you said i'm not gonna add anything else to it because i think you you had it spot on so let's move to the to the most important part, which is the, the final itself. Um, I think it was a great game. Uh, like you said, the game started with a great pace and uh, it was a high-scoring first half. Uh, we got to mention Olympiacos' great start. And like you said, the, the birthday boy, Isaiah Cannon, he had a great start <laughs> shooting the ball. And him and Sasha were just elite in that game. And then obviously on Real Madrid's side, uh, Walter Tavares, the impact that he can have 
in a game is just incredible uh, on both sides of the ball, of course. Uh, Real Madrid, uh, they were able to... They didn't let Olympiacos get away with the score because at one point it was a 12-point game and Real just, just stayed in there. And they used the, the zone defense a little bit to, to bother Olympiacos' offense and some of their movement. But uh, to me, this is all about the, the vets again because they keep closing games with uh, Lul, uh, with Sergio Rodriguez, sometimes with Rudy Fernandez. And Sergio Rodriguez were ju- was just amazing. Uh, it, it looked like it was like 2013, 2014 all over again. Uh, he had 15 points and nine assists. He had some some big shots. And then Sergio Lul, uh, I, I didn't think he had a, another bucket for the, the whole game. It was just that final shot. So credit to Real Madrid for, for giving him the ball. We know he is one of the clutchest players in EuroLeague history, and he, he did it again. So it was a great shot. The Slukas had a chance to, to win it at the buzzer and, and just missed it. But it was a very good game uh, and, until the end, a very entertaining game. I just want to shout out Olympiacos season because they were the best team throughout the year. And they came here, they, they made it to the final, and they they had a chance to win. They, they just came one shot short uh, on back-to-back years too because last year they lost to Misic uh, on, the, on the buzzer beater. So, but it was a great game. Congratulations to Real Madrid. Like you said, one of the biggest clubs in sports history. They they deserve to win the title for what they did on the court. So it was a great season. It was a great Final Four. And uh, congrats to Real Madrid. Congrats to Olympiacos and every other team because this was truly an, an amazing season. Probably the best in history. Absolutely an historic season and it had a great ending. And how incredible it was. I was so surprised that Lul was staying on the floor and Musa was on the bench. Shoes Matteo got it right. I got it wrong. Lul took that, took that shot. It was his only basket of the game and he made it and he gave Real Madrid the win. And Sergio Rodriguez was absolutely incredible. And in our, our next episode, we will be evaluating our top 10 players for this season. I don't think Sergio Rodriguez will be there, but we will also have uh, our MVPs of the, the postseason. I do wonder where he will be ranking, but let's leave it to, to, to our next episode. To end this episode, two things that I want to ask you. First one, choose Mateo's situation. And uh, we have heard that uh, he's leaving in the end of the season, that uh, he will be replaced on the Real Madrid bench. Do you think he deserves to stay, that he's shown enough on this uh, this end of the season? And the other question that I have is about Sasha Zankov. As you mentioned, last year they lost in the semifinal with uh, the three from Misic at uh, the, the buzzer. This year, another very hard lost this time around in the final with this shot from Yul. Is he going to the NBA or he has unfinished business and he should stick around? <laughs> uh, <I> mean, <laughs> he does have... Which one do you want me to answer first? <laughs> oh, you go ahead. <laughs> As you wish. Okay, so, uh, about uh, Choose Matteo, um, I've been critical of him throughout the season uh, a lot of times. Not just him, but the whole Real Madrid team. Uh, but uh, I just think it's weird to to change coaches after you win the championship, right? I mean, it just Absolutely. doesn't sound good. Uh, regardless of what I said about him or about the team throughout the year, uh, when they come to the Final Four and they win, they, they beat two teams that I consider better than them, uh, we have to give credit where credit is due. 
um, like Walter Tavares said on the on the interview after the game, uh, that uh, a lot of people owe him an apology. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I owe him an apology, but uh, I will absolutely give him credit for the the job he did in the Final Four. They they deserved to win. They they showed on the court that they were better. He he made adjustments. The the zone defense, like he he did a good job. So we have to give him credit. Uh, I don't know if I would uh, if I would switch a coach after winning the championship. So that, that's my take on that. And uh, about Sasha, I do think he can have a place in the in the NBA. Uh, so we would have to wait and see like what the the terms would be for him to go. Uh, but if the if the terms are not the the right ones, I absolutely think he should stay in in Olympiacos and and try to finish the business that he has unfinished because losing in back-to-back years basically the same way I mean it, it's tough man I, I play also uh, I've been there obviously not at those levels but uh, I've lost in back-to-back years kind of similar <laughs> like uh, Olympiacos did so I know how it feels so obviously if the terms for the NBA are not the, the right ones for him I could absolutely see him staying and uh, trying to get this done. Uh, there are obvious questions. I, I absolutely agree with you on both things. There are obvious questions about um, Sasha game. Uh, not translating because he is an NBA level talent. He's one of the best players in the world and yeah. he, he will be just fine in the NBA. But the way the game is played, he's a player that thrives in this motion offense that uh, Olympiacos runs. His ability to move off the ball makes him so special. His quick release makes him so special. It's more about seeing NBA teams maximizing his his, his skill set than about him having the talent to play in NBA. He has the talent to play anywhere that there is a basketball ball around. He will, he will try even be good at but I absolutely agree with you on both and let's see what the off season has for us let's wrap up this episode uh, let, let of European correct, Hoops hold on, hold on. let me correct Go you ahead. Right, there is no off season remember that. for us there never is an off season <laughs> make sure you guys tune in for next wednesday when we will bring you a special episode with our postseason mvp and our top 10 players of this edition of the competition subscribe to the podcast and follow us on twitter at itos EuroLeague, where we bring you any news that break about the competition must watch games injury reports and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition bringing you all the highlights of the action my name is andre and i'll be seeing you guys soon bye guys See you on next episode.